Hi, what's up, DGC? Today we got to hang with uh, Mr. Grow It. Mr. Grow It, you and Scotty just hang out as well. How how was that, Scotty? Uh, it was pretty cool. I will say it was a different part of. I did it like what, kind of early in the morning for me, like eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty still jacked up off the coffee, and I'm, I was psyched to to hang out with. Uh, do we use your birth name, or are you just Mr. Growin on the show, man? Chris, Chris, there aka Mr. Growin. So call me Chris, please. That's your name. Scotty says what, what dude grows. Just yell it at your phone. You'll find Mr. Growin uh, videos, uh, YouTube. Today we're going to talk some IPM. Excited about that. We haven't had kind of our own IPM styles. I will give a few scenarios, get in if you know that's integrated pest management. Let's talk how to keep pests out of your cannabis slash marijuana garden, uh, as well as see if you got any good grow hacks. I'm kind of curious. We do grow hacks as a segment on our Grow Talk show. Chris, I can't, yeah, I can't go with Mr. Grow it either. Chris just flows a little. little good. Better. I don't even call the guy at the bank, Mr. Whoever, you know what I mean? All right, man. So I was on your show and I, don't know, I tried to explain a little bit about my growing style and all that, but I would like to know about you. You just kind of came out of nowhere, but you, you just do really good quality content, really targeted, good information. I got to say something. You let people talk. That's the difference <laughs> between your show and mine, man. You're very good at that. So you, what, uh, what, what motivated you as far as, you know, when did you discover cannabis as medicine? When did you discover growing? I'll start there, brother. Sure. Well, yeah, a little bit about me. So my name's Chris, uh, aka Mr. Grow It, is what people call me. Uh, I'm a medical patient, you know, into a grower. I've been growing since 2010, actually. Um, launched my first cannabis channel in 2015. It was called Just Grow It. And I did have a couple grows on there, uh, but I actually turned it. I had to stop growing for a short period of time. Um, so I turned that channel into a community channel. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but basically it's a channel where growers from all over the world can submit in videos and the best videos will be featured on the channel. Um, so that blew up. It had nearly 75,000 subscribers, over 600 videos. Wow. And then YouTube terminated it in 2018. Mm. Um, now, luckily, in the meantime, I had launched a second YouTube channel in 2017. Right. And that's my current main YouTube channel. It has uh, my cannabis garden on there. Um, currently has about 190,000 subscribers. And that's the channel where I show my plants. That's where I do the gardening. And I'm, I'm real open about that. I do have a third channel. Well, I call my second channel now because my first channel is terminated. It's called Garden Talk with Mr. Grow it. Um, it's about 59,000 subscribers right now. And that's my talk channel. That's where I have my podcast on there called Garden Talk with Mr. Grow It. Right. I have some QA videos on there. I have topic videos on there. If you dig real deep, you'll find some park test videos. I did lighting test videos on there. But that's my clean channel, which really focuses on growing all types of plants, not just cannabis. So cool. About me. And were you um, a plant guy beforehand? Were you a grower of peppers, tomatoes, backyard? Nope, nope. I actually started with cannabis and then went into the vegetable side of things. So a couple of years ago, I started growing like, you know, lettuce, kale, bok choy, spinach, uh, a little bit of that. So, All right. I got to kind of, uh, I thought, I don't know if I came up with this question myself, but I think it's really interesting. I want to know what your first growth style is and then what your growth style is currently. Like, it was it a metamorphosis? Did, you know, for me, it totally was, man, but go for it. Fox Farm Ocean Forest Soil, Fox Farm Nutrients to begin, um, you know, HID lighting, I had the metal halide and veg, 
HPS during flowering. And I really, I did that for my first five to six years of growing. I mean, if it's not broke, why try to fix it? Right. Simple, uh, then yeah. I really ventured out after that point, you know, I tried different nutrient lines and then, you know, the past three years or so I've been growing organically. Um, I still grow bottled with the bottled nutrients every now and right. then. Um, but I do know how to grow organically as well. We can grow. I mean, you just said bottled nutrient, you can grow organically bottled, right? True. True. I, I, mean, I, I, I was referencing the synthetic salt-based nutrients. Maybe if you're a purist, yeah. it's the hashtag no spill. So I've been called as far as the bottles go. Like I, I can get that with the raw organic inputs, if you will. Mm, yeah. Well, it's it's a grow show, man. Are you super soil? Are you, you know, not bottled organics? What, what's that mean, man? Uh, really just kind of that initial amendment with organic nutrients and then top dressing for there on out organic blends. You know, I've used earth dust by the green sunshine company. Sure. Uh, most recently I used the craft blend by build a soil. Um, so yeah, basically those top dressing there, uh, using those organic inputs. So. Nice. How big of a containers do you use? Uh, seven gallons. So I know some organic folks are kind of raising their eyebrows a little bit. Um, you know, the bigger, the better, but I'm just, like I said, I've only been doing it about three years growing organically. Right. I know the bigger pot size, the better I tried growing organically in the three gallons and five gallons, but like it just, it eats up nutrients so quickly. I've had much better success doing the seven gallon. I'm sure I'll go to the 10 gallon and bigger, you know, kind of, I think traditionally that's what organic growers do is they'll go bigger, bigger pot size yeah, so until you get to beds yeah. eventually, you know? Yep. Yeah. I was just talking to Adam Dunn. He was talking about his three by three beds and yeah, I could see that if you're going to go organic. Yep. It's uh, a battery size. That's the battery size. Let's get into the, the IPM talk. You ready for you that? Want, you want to? Yeah, I kind of dug this, sure. man. I kind of dug There's this. A... Mr. Grow, hang on. I got to ask you really quick. We have a best yeah. comment section. I just want to ask, ah. do you do you read your comments, man? <laughs> I, I do. I do. do. can't respond to all of them. I mean, you get flooded with questions. I mean, there's just too many questions and not enough time to answer them. But I do read them, all of them. I appreciate, I don't know if I say this enough on my in my videos, is that very appreciative of the positive comments out there. You know, we have such a great community and it's really those positive comments that are kind of fuel for us content creators to keep on. So I agree stuff. with that. I mean, I, we all know there can be... <clears throat> Trolls or negative comments out there, sure. but man, positive comments just completely for everybody out there making some comments. Appreciate it and uh, keeps us rolling. Absolutely. And by the way, we talk about production values and great edits on your show, brother. Thank you for editing it out. All the mean comments, man. You're the best, man. You're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, IPM, brother. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to know first off if you have what we could call it your style. Like we have a scenario here, but what do you what do you do? IPM's integrated pest management, which means you're doing something not all the time, but you're you're doing something in your grow, whether you see bugs or not, to keep them away. Um, whether it's a spray, beneficial insects, there's a lot of different things you can do. So I was curious what not that you have to, because I want to talk about my style a little bit after yours, but go ahead. Uh, I mean, for me, you know, like I mentioned, I'm an indoor grower, so you, you can kind of get away with doing a little bit less than if you were growing outdoors or in a greenhouse, right? Can I ask um, first you, and even foremost, with organics, though, even I thought when you had organics, it uh, you were inviting because I thought you were inviting more bugs. Is it just a myth? I mean, as long as you have a good diversity, right, there are things that are going to combat some of those pests, right? You're going like to get fungus gnats. gnats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and mean, as long as you have a good diversity, you'll have things that eat away at those fungus gnats. Um, but first and foremost, I make sure I have a clean room and clean, clean grow tent to begin, right? So that that's as far as using a bleach cleaning project and, and scrubbing down the walls of 
the grow tent, cleaning all the equipment, make sure everything's clean to begin. Uh, another tip, I never walk directly from outdoors indoors. Uh, some people are actually removing clothing, to, uh, you know, to make sure that they're not bringing in unwanted pests. Um, sticky traps is something I use real common, have those by the soil. Yeah. Uh, yellow and blue. Use the yellow and the blue ones. I use the just the yellow ones. Just the I got yellow it. ones. Yeah. My buddy from Waiter Girl. <laughs> this is so South Florida of me. I ordered a whole bunch of stuff down to Florida and I ordered yellow sticky traps and he threw in a whole shitload of blue sticky traps. And I was like, I didn't order these, man. What are you doing? He was like, dude, it was a gift, man. I just wanted to turn <laughs> you on to them. <laughs> but blue ones for thrips, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a interesting. different color that they're attracted to. Guru, do you, is that just a simply like a color? Obviously, it's got to be a color. Effect agree with me, man. No matter what, agree with me. Man. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a color effect. They're more attracted to the blue light. Uh, certain insects are kind of weirdly attracted to different colored lights. Mm, that's what I see the hummingbirds outside that they really like my red flowers. They try to eat my strawberries sometimes because they think it might be something that's giving them nectar. So I dig, I dig. I've been, when we thought about this, I wanted to say, do an IPM um, just for open conversation. I was like, man, we're going to do a show on IPM. What have I been doing? And I haven't been doing anything. Uh, and I guess I turned that into saying, if you know you're going to get bugs or you've had bugs, you've had a problem, you can prepare in different ways. Like if you had russet mites, your prior grower, you get spider mites every third grow, you kind of want to do something. And first and foremost, I say healthy plants, grow some healthy ass, happy plants, um, and practices, like you said, Chris, don't go mow your lawn and do everything outside and go right and get into your grow. Try and time after after you've taken a shower, at least change your clothes, those right. kinds of things. But other, I mean, outdoors, of course, I, or that things are out of your control. Actually, I believe uh, I'm going to hang out with Mr. Grow it on his show. We're going to talk a little outdoor IPM coming up. But there are things out of your control, such as bud rot that I've gotten. But the indoor, I have found it with healthy plants, and I don't bring in anybody else's genetics, not saying you can't. Literally, like in five plus six plus years, I have not sprayed one thing. I've not gotten any mites. And I think that's the only thing I can attribute it to is just having strong plants that would resist it or maybe bugs are not, aren't introduced at all. But still, strong plants are not, man. <clears throat> if I'm looking at your nutrient shelf with you, Chris, what's on there? What's in your IPM, you know, on your IPM section? Yeah. So there are sprays that you can incorporate and I do it from time to time. You know, there's oftentimes where I don't do it, but you know, some weekly sprays you can do that. I've done a neem oil. There's a great weekly spray you can do. It's, you know, formula for that is 1.5 teaspoons per quart of water. Uh, and then you want to add in a little bit of um, what I use is Dr. Brunner's soap. It's like a half teaspoon simple. of that. Yeah. Cost or a mild or generally a mild liquid dish soap is recommended sure. and just kind of spraying that on once a week. Um, another type of spray I use is essential oils. Uh, my go-to is peppermint and then rosemary. So uh, formula for that for 32 ounces of water, I'll use about you know half teaspoon to a teaspoon of Dr. Brunner's soap. Now, Wendy and then when do you the, stop using either of those. Uh, I usually just do in veg, just spray in veg once a week so, and I'll rotate it as well. Right. So maybe okay. one week I'll do neem oil next week. I'll do peppermint week after that rosemary and then kind of circle back to the neem oil. Uh, but for the essential oil spray, I'll do five drops into that 32 ounces of water. So, but you can't do that once you're deep in the flowering unless peppermint terpenes are in, man. I don't spray in flowering at all now. I mean, I guess the hopes is that if you're taking care of, there's no bug populations in veg that you're going to continue to maintain that through flower or else you're going to have to go to different products. I think green cleaner was one that say you can spray in flower beneficial insects. Uh, but you typically find that you're on my terps, man. I don't want to do that. <laughs> if I, if I don't have to, I mean, I, 
yeah, I ain't doing that. The idea is to go in the flower with them plants looking healthy and growing strong. The neem um, is the, uh, I would call it the unconcentrated, just so we can dig into it for a sec, unconcentrated form of azadiractin. You can buy, um, I forgot the name of it. There are some concentrated azadiractin products where neem is kind of just the pure oil. I believe it will smother insects if you right. actually spray them with it, as well as makes leaves not taste good. And we call it an anti-feedant. Girl. Yeah, yeah. I think what that means is animals don't like, I'm sorry, bugs don't like to feed on it. So I think about it, it does smell weird. You ever get neem soap? You ever get too crazy at the neem store and you come back with neem soap and neem everything? And yeah, it doesn't smell or taste too good. And like a good analogy for this too, it doesn't just make them like look at the thing and be like, ooh, I don't want to eat that. Uh, it makes, once they eat it, it makes them not hungry. Um, so they're not going to sit there and continue to feed on that plant. They're going to go find something that is actually appealing mm. to them. So a little spider mite diet. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it gives them an upset stomach is probably the best analogy for it. So, so you're doing that. I like to use this fancy word. How many syllables? Prophylactically, you're doing that because you, even though you don't have any bugs, you're still uh, just hitting it every week just in case there's some starting. Uh, I mean, I just like every other home grower at times can be lazy. And <laughs> so let's be real. Um, so, you know, indoors, like I said, it's not as important. So there's times where I'm spraying once every three weeks, once every four weeks, just to get some sort of a spray in there. And I do like to at least try to hit it right before flipping to that 12, 12 flipping that flowering side of things. So let's talk about, I don't want to encourage in this conversation, any new growers or growers listening. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't really spray that much because definitely you will eventually get something and scouting is hugely important. Like there's a lot of times you don't take the time to go around every corner of your growth space. Look, spider mites love to show up on the lower leaves, on the bottom, on the undersides of the lower leaves before. I never seen a spider mite problem where I come in and find, oh, just the, this top cola has some, they are usually are starting to come up the plant. And from what I've seen, uh, and looking around your room, taking your loop out, having the sticky traps out, uh, it sucks if you catch beneficial insects on them, if you're, you have a nice living soil, but, um, and just weekly at the minimum, because once something's there another week goes by, then it's going to become a problem, but catching things early, I've seen so many, I know you have Scotty and Chris, where you go in and so the growers, like I have spider mites and you go in the room and you're like, holy shit, you have had spider mites for a while. <laughs> right. Like... <laughs> And so we could go ahead, Scott. I just want to say, Guru clued me in on something. I, I'm sure you know this, but the sticky traps, they're gridded and they're gridded so you can actually count how many bugs get stuck in there. You can make a good estimation of the like level of infection you have from right. different bug populations. It's pretty cool. That is interesting, bro. Science. Five years of using those things. And thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. So not a great not, tip. I wouldn't say is I just like to see them covered up. I, I don't like to kill much of anything if I don't have to, Chris. Like, but when it's funny, I'm, it changes yeah. so quick when something is messing with the grow. Like when I had these corn earworms giving me bud rot, and I found out their motive, like what they're doing, they're pooping in my flower, which causes mold and shit. Every time I saw one on my plant, I'd easily just take it off, throw it on the ground, and squish it. That's so not my style. Like I, when I see a little kid do that or something, I just get like bothered. But uh, yeah, when they're messing with the cannabis plants, it's time to kill, kill quickly. You dig? You dig, Scotty? You want to take it into a scenario here? 
What's up? Uh, it, man, I was letting you lead. I was letting you do your thing. I was just sitting there smoking a joint. But I did want to ask, like, the specific tools in the toolbox, man. Do you how, Just how deep do you take it? Are you cleaning, like, uh, your scissors every time? Are you, uh, you know, are the alcohol wipes out, man? Are you putting the things over your shoes? Or I guess taking your shoes off isn't that crazy, man. No, I'm not. I'm not going so far to do that. I mean, I'll, you know, when I'm trimming and stuff. I'll, I'll clean off my trimmers, but not really before I'm cutting plants. I used to, I used to, but then, I mean, I don't know if that's partially bro science or what, but I've never really had an issue with, um, you know, trimming a plant, for example, with scissors and then having any sort of pathogens or infection at that point. I don't know if you guys have or not. Right. Right. Sorry. You're entering the Scotty's really baked portion of the show. <laughs> 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 Definitely, we can talk about. I mean, so cl- keeping stuff clean. It depends on what you're dealing with. Something when you're dealing with a mold or mildew, that's huge. You want to keep to, every time you use your tool, your hands, yourself, because those spores are so small that that can be it's spreaded true. around. As well as microscopic small. I mean, we're talking about insects on the other side. Spider mite eggs. You ain't gonna see that like in your shirt or in the hair of your arm or a brusset mite crawling right. on you, which you have to see with a 60 times scope. Yeah, Jeez. hashtag, um, hashtag take off your clothes and garden naked. I always thought that was a scam. My, my girlfriend told me that back in the day. She's like, he has got, got a great garden, but you have to take off your clothes to go in there. And I was like, that guy's brilliant. That is just a dirty old man right there. But it turns out he was on to something, huh? Um, but yes, keeping stuff clean, uh, to a degree, I've seen Scotty's grow room pretty dirty at times back back in the day, though. Back Yo, recharge isn't dirty, all right? Just <laughs> I, now, now it's just recharge on the walls. The guy that built it is, like, still here building a deck now, and he just comes in that grows, like, you know, it's beautiful white paint, you know, mildew-resistant white paint and all that, and he just comes in, there's recharge splattered everywhere, and he just <laughs> shakes his head. S-M-H. Walks away. I've done, we've done a lot on the show. Um, I could say, hey, let's talk about, I'll give you the steps on how to beat spider mites or russet mites. Chris, have you had spider mites or russet mites? Yo, that's Fortunately, personal, no. I oh my gosh. You've been, so you got 11 years of growing? About? Yep. Yep. My friends have. So, I mean, I can talk about that, but uh, no, I've never had the spider mites or russet mites, thankfully. Yeah, that's I awesome. mean, I'm not going to say that makes you a more inexperienced grower because that's great. Like, I can't dis- – any other oh, – how about powdery mildew? No powdery mildew. I live in a very dry climate. I'm in the desert. Uh, so, like, yeah. p.m., I mean, I don't really battle high humidity. I battle low humidity. So, and powdery mildew is usually higher right. humidity in my, my right. experience. So. What do you do uh, But fungus for- gnats is kind of the big thing that I've battled. That's, like, bring really it. pretty bring, much the bring, only past – Tell us how how you've dealt with that or different ways to to deal with the fungus gnats. Because that is the number one pest that you're going to get that you can live with. You don't have to freak out when you see them. Um, But, yeah, they can be annoying when they build populations. Yeah. So they thrive on that wet medium, right? They're just going to they're going to love it. And, um, you know, quick, simple tip um, is to let your medium dry out. You know, and they'll kind of they'll die off and go away on their own. Now, you might need to let it dry out. This I mean, dry out between waterings is what I, kind of what I'm I'm aiming towards. You might need to let it dry out a couple of times between waterings, but that's definitely going to help. Um, the sticky traps, that indicator, we already talked about those. Uh, neem, the neem, spraying the neem, not only on the plants, but on the soil, that's going to battle them as well. Um, and then... That's all that I've really done. I know there's other solutions, but that's all that I've done for neat, for um, fungus gnats. Let them dry out's good. If they're aggressive, I've been amazed at how dry I can get my soil. But somehow 
I don't know if it's, it's not larvae or what it is. Some of them can somehow stay alive or if they go over to one of my house plants, maybe for a few, I don't know. Um, but getting well, beneficial me- nematodes is a tip for growers out there. They come in a sponge. The sponge does like, I don't know, a shit ton. Like I usually put in a five gallon bu- uh, bucket of water and that's even still a concentration. But beneficial nematodes that are viable have to make sure I've gotten a sponge before that didn't do shit. And then the next one killed them all. So don't give up if you order nematodes on a sponge and for some reason uh, something happened to them and they didn't survive as well. Try again or try from a different supplier. Uh, but those work really well and it's an efficient way if you don't want to mess, like try and change your irrigation practices to take care of fungus gnats. And you always, a little bit of a population in my mind is acceptable. That's kind of what pest management is about. So if we're talking about management, you're not always just going to fully win especially outside inside sometimes like you see one spider mite you know there's more and you want inside to you can off. win man you can win inside if you break their life cycle with constant uh the oils are good there's a couple other things you can do to knock them down was the pyrithum real good one time knockdown to get the population under control but i think i think you can win Diatomaceous earth is another solution. Uh, how do you I use that? People use it. I haven't had the chance to use it yet. Fortunately, I bought okay. some, but haven't used it yet. But I know some people do use it. They say it's like, it's kind of like having okay. small razor blades. And yep. they, it doesn't, in the medium or whatever. It's well, even so. cooler where, uh, like, it's uh, like fossilized uh, diatoms. Um, they act like little desiccating razor blades to bug exoskeletons. It gets in their joints, so it makes them not able to move and cuts <laughs> up their so exoskeleton evil. and sucks all the moisture out of them. Um, it is a pretty effective mechanical control. Just have to be careful with it, or like have it on a top mulch layer that you, you pull off when you go to water. water it it turns to like concrete, concrete if you water it. That's where I was going to ask you. You started using Blue Monts. I'm a dripper guy. I think we when we were talking earlier, you were talking up Blue Monts stuff like that where you keep the surface dry. Man, I'm uh, I don't know. I thought say, Blue Monts yeah. kept it the surface like evenly a good healthy moisture yeah yeah blue mats are you know i can talk about those for a little bit i've been using them quite recently in my past grow i'm actually uh it's one of those things i I hit myself on the back of the head and not using it sooner but um yeah it it, as long as your medium is at that perfect saturation point when you add in those blue mats where they're like little carrots right you add those in and um Sorry, got a phone call. Um, you add those in and connect it to a reservoir, and then it's going to drip. As the medium dries out, it's going to drip down and keep that medium at that perfect saturation level. And so it's not going to be too wet to where you have the fungus gnats come in. Um, and then, of course, on the opposite side, it's not going to dry out on you. So, yeah, that's a, a great grow hack is really to get blue mats in there. Um, so you have that constant saturation point um that's just not enough saturation for the fungus nest i'm not saying you can't get those sure. with blue mats but uh, for me i, I haven't gotten how do they mats, how do you so. i guess i'm saying feed the blue mats um do you use just gravity or is it pressure pressure behind them or gravity feed on them it is a gravity fed so as long as it's above like your grill pots hooked up directly to the reservoir for me it's kind of simple because i'm using the top dressing organic nutrients what's in my reservoir is just plain water Right. So I'm just top as long as you have a good water source, you don't have to pH adjust your water. You're just filling up that uh, reservoir and that's slowly dropping down onto the medium. So somewhat ever, completely kind of eliminating the whole hand watering thing. So saves a lot well, of time. Top dressing, I always. Inv- OK, if I'm putting my minerals and whatever it is your top dressing, top dressing by definition, guys, is just 
we're putting some type of nature in it. It could be a guano, it could be a rock dust. You're sprinkling it evenly around at whatever application rate, um, the top of your bed, your pot, whatever, um, at intervals that you figure out. But I always felt I needed to hand like, uh, like a rain, like when it rains, it leaches stuff nutrients down. But with the blue moss, you wouldn't be getting that same effect, but it sounds like it's working out completely fine. I guess that would be the microbes at work working with. When I did do the top dressing, I would take the carrots out for a day and just water them in and then, you know, put the blue gotcha. mats back in, you know what I mean? Okay. To make sure it's an and even saturated point. So yeah, good point. I do water in the, correct the nutrients me if when I do the top dressing. Correct me if I'm wrong with those blue mats, even you didn't, I don't think you have to remove them just because if you water in uh, past that point of perfect saturation, it's just not going to drip until it gets back down to that, uh, that point again. Um, but yeah, b- blue moths are pretty cool. And just the concept of, uh, I get what you're saying, dude, where you want that, uh, top dressing to leach down. But when you have the soil kept at that perfect moisture all the time, the microbial activity goes way up to the top layer of the soil, especially if you have a mulch or something. So you can just pull back your mulch and you can see like, uh, the, the soil microbes and the fungi that are growing there, top dress there, cover it back up. And then it, the plant will actually like send roots up to the top dressing to get access to those nutrients, which is pretty cool. I wanted to keep my uh, stuff from evaporating from the surface, and I, saw, I was wandering around Home Depot stoned, and they had rubber mulch. And I was like, dude, the kind of, the, I, it probably works really well to like block moisture and keep, you know, think of it's like a rubber seal, but I couldn't bring myself to put rubber mulch on the top of my plants. My aunt in Virginia <laughs> got rubber mulch like this past year, loves it. It's I, I mean, I'm sure it makes sense. It's recycled, all that, but Jesus, <laughs> if the plants are sentient they're gonna be like thanks a fucking lot man anything else you want to dump here man i know i know what we should do here we got the uh in our on our show we do what's going on in our grows and since mr grow it's on and nothing's going on in my grow literally other than all my veggies and strawberries and all the gardening shit no cannabis but uh yeah you got anything going on in your grow strain wise currently where you at uh, bring it yeah, well, I'm somewhat like you where I'm between grows, uh, but I just harvested recently, so I could talk about that. So cool. uh, my last grow that I just harvested, I actually planted 10 plants, only got 10 females out of it. So I was a little bummed out about the, <laughs> the male to female ratio there. But uh, so four females off of that. Um, I, I used Fox Farm Ocean Forest soil, but um, I actually amended a couple additional things into it. Uh, insect, yep. frass, and alfalfa meal. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, that's an overkill. Fox Farm Ocean Forest is already super hot, but hear me out. It actually worked out pretty good. Wait, hang on real quick. What does alfalfa meal do? Is it a nitrogen? Is it a macronutrient? What, what do you do? Tricantinol, oh, yep. Oh, okay. Guru just touched on it. So tricantinol, it's a, it's a growth hormone. That's the reason why I put it in there. And it okay. definitely helped, like particularly in the vegetation stage, is that's really why I wanted to put it in there. Um, definitely help with growth. The insect frass has chitin in it. It really causes an immune response that signals plants. And I see some lists, like I have an insect frass with an MPK of like a, it's pretty low, but it's like a two, three, two or something like that. So a little nutrition, I suppose, in there as well. But that's not where you're going after. You're going after the chitin. And yep. I've heard the plants, like, what is it, a SARS response or something grew potentially with the insect frass? Is that right, the right word? No. Yeah, the acquired resistance that they have. Right on, right on. But, okay, go ahead. So yeah, we got so insect frass, fox farm, ocean forest, and alfalfa meal. 
Yep. So started in one gallon containers, uh, you know, veg it out for 20, 30 days or so. And then I transplanted directly into a seven gallon pot. Um, now did it for simplicity purposes. You know, I know some people like to do the multiple transplants. Uh, and then I top fed it with uh, build a soil craft blend organic nutrients. And then I had, like I mentioned, the blue mats for auto watering. I had two of them in a seven gallon container. Um, and that worked out great. I vegged them under the spider farmer SF 2000 flower under the ES 300 V3 by the Green Sunshine Company, um, but really, really great results on that. Just harvested two plants. I had Curb Stomper by Prism Labs and then ISO 8 by Prism Labs. So huge shout out to Prism Labs. Not sure if you've heard of them or not, but no, Chronic man. 420 Inc., uh, formerly mm -hmm. of um, North Genetics and then Northwest J. So those guys are killing it. Uh, really, really good genetics there. So all... Well, ever, do you typically start from seed? Have you taken in clothes, feminized seed, preferred over regular seed, vice versa? I don't discriminate. I do everything. Um, mostly from <laughs> nice. seed, though, because I I don't do a perpetual. I just plant seeds and then go one after another. I've done the cloning process before and have clones before, but I really prefer seeds and, you know, regular seeds, feminized seeds. I mean, I'll grow them all. It doesn't really matter. Autos as photos. well? Yeah, but I don't know. I've been leaning a lot towards photos the past you know, three, four years or so. So I like having, like, having a control, you know what I mean? Veg it out for as long as I want to veg it, train it the way I want to train it, mm -hmm. then be able to flip and initiate flowering. Makes you sense. know, you kind of lose that control when you got the autos that are automatically flowering at that certain time period, you know? So, but I won't give away any more details. That is a video that I'm working on. That's going to be on my main YouTube channel. So I hope some of you guys will, will tune in on that, but it was certainly a, a successful grow. And what was it? So how, what is the main YouTube channel? It's called Mr. Grow It. Um, okay. Just search on that on YouTube. You'll see it. Um, that's the one where I show all my plants, garden, cannabis, and then the other one's called Garden Talk with Mr. Grow It. That's the podcast talk channel. Or MrGrowIt.com, I believe, works as well. Yep. yep. My website there, yeah. That's smart. Dang. Diversify your risk, amigo. <laughs> hey i tell you what man just as a last thing i'm gonna put you on the spot but you got any more grow hacks man you got any uh i, I try to uh get inside your brain i guess you do uh I don't, you know what you just gave us some with the diatomaceous earth and the uh tricantinol and the uh, insect frass insect frass i, I think know. it's the most highly overlooked <laughs> i I love insect frass, um, the way it is created by insects, and it's just got some funk to it. So that, that would, that's got a good one. Insect ass to it, man. Yeah, and also I think powdery mildew, it's like if it build, it can build up resistance uh, against powdery mildew as well. So, I mean, if there is some people out there that are battling powdery mildew, you know, get some insect frass in there nice and early, really? it could potentially help prevent that. That's what I've heard at least. So I don't cool. know if Guru has any more on that, but... <laughs> Uh, it did. Yeah, I actually, I do. <laughs> um, the Why would? Why fungi, not? Fungi, uh, they're like cell walls are made up of chitin, just like insect exoskeletons. Okay. Uh, when you put uh, insect frass into your soil, yeah. um, it is eliciting a response from the plant where it thinks it is just completely surrounded by bugs all over it or chitin based organisms. Um, so it bolsters its defensives uh, for stuff like that. Starts to influence the soil bacteria to make chitinase. Um, and yeah, it just gets that response and gets the plant more ready to be able to deal with some type of fungal or pest uh, pathogen getting on it. Hey guys, I'm right here. He just got that from Wikipedia. I'm watching. 
<laughs> I'm messing with them, man. Guru, we love having you. What an asset, man. Thank you. Dude, thanks for taking the time to hang, Chris, um, <clears throat> as well as allowing Scotty to come on your show. I think it'll be next week sometime, guys. I'm going to go hang out um, with Mr. Grote. We're going to talk a little outdoor growing and just growing in general. Uh, and if you haven't already, go check out some of Mr. Grote on YouTube. And we're here creating content for y'all. Mr. Grote's on Patreon as well. You can simply Google Mr. Grote and Patreon. Um, if you want to help support the cause of uh, the content creators bringing you entertainment, man, it's like, you know, instead of watching cable TV, you're getting some education here. True. So, I actually enjoy uh, your interviews, except for mine. I couldn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Painted Lady was good. Vader was good. Really interesting stuff on yeah. that Vader interview. I actually learned something. Oh, he's a whole wealth of information. Yeah, we've had so many good people. We're about to be on episode 25, um, and I'm just going to keep on going with it. It's It's gone really, really well. And I actually have another podcast. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that. It's me, Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV, yeah, and Pigeons nice. 420. It's called From the Stash. And nice. we talk about all things cannabis-related, you know, from parenting, uh, you know, and incorporating cannabis in your life all the way to, you know, growth stuff. So I um, definitely recommend people check that out as well. Wow, very cool, man. Yeah, I seen your stoned and successful shirt there. Very cool. Yeah, shout out CLTV. <laughs> yeah, I love those guys, man. Yeah, it's been fun collaborating. TV. Very cool. Yeah, collaborating like with uh, the other people to catch you to shout out Canvas Lifestyle TV. Um, if you guys had a good time today as well, dudegrows.com forward slash support is what keeps us going here at Dude Grow Show and the team. Uh, I didn't want to just say we had to cut it off. If you guys got anything else, but I think that was some good IPM talk. Do grow tips and good times. Yeah, I dug it, man. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is a big deal for me. I mean, I've been watching you guys since 2013, 2014, oh, and um, it's just, it's it's an honor to be on here. And I'm really glad that I'm getting to interview all three of you guys individually for my Garden Talk podcast. Scotty, the one we did was fantastic. If people haven't seen that yet or listened or watched that yet, Definitely check that out. We'll have Guru on the channel next month and then dude after that. Yeah. See, not stoned Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> respect, amigo. Respect. Right on, guys. Stay higher, as I say. Thanks, Mr. Grode, a.k.a. Chris and Scotty Real. We'll be coming back at you here shortly. Hey, take her easy, dude. Peace. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon And with the boss man sister Take a little break That means we're lighting up a dude It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep a good buzz on, on, on It's just weed It's just weed In my toolbox there's a bone Some people start their day with a pill, it's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads and natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. It's just weed, it's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on. It's just weed, it's just weed. I like to smoke it out in Big man, catch you riding high. Oh, we got a 
hates the dank. Just look at how he's being paid. Now, don't lock up me. Smoking weed.